The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome once again to the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined as always by Wrestling Inc.'s own Raj Geary and, of course, Matt Morgan. How's it going, guys? Doing good. How are you guys doing? Doing well, doing well. So tonight we're going to talk about Monday Night Raw for November 28th, 2016, and an eventful night. I guess let's get the big news right out of the way that uh, we have a new women's champion uh, once again. Sasha Banks has beat Charlotte Flair to regain the title. Matt, uh, what are your big picture thoughts before we uh, delve into the minutia just of, of that title change and the episode itself? Big plans with those two specifically? Yeah, I mean, just, just your big picture thoughts for uh, the change in uh, the episode. I, it did, doesn't do anything for me as far as the title goes because they keep flip-flopping yeah. back and forth between the two. Um, it would have meant so much more. If, 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 and she couldn't have helped it, but when Sasha got hurt, you know, um, yeah. that changed a lot of things. We need to remember that when looking to bury the writing team on this one, you know, and saying that they flip-flopped. I need to remember that she got hurt, so one of them had to happen. Um, but I liked it. I love that they man-evented the, mat, uh, the show. Um, yeah. It deserved to be the main event. If Charlotte is not the best female wrestler I have ever seen in a ring, I don't know who the freak is. Holy crap. On her tippy toes. I can't begin to tell you how hard that is. Your calves are already burning from wearing those wrestling boots, okay, to begin with by mid-match. To be able to be on your tippy toes on the edge of a surface and hit the aerial that she hit perfectly, where she could have landed on her feet, that's how money she was with that moonsault, is incredible to me. That was definitely some impressive feats of strength there. I mean, they put on, you know, a great match, which they were kind of becoming known for now doing these, uh, you know, potential career ending spots <laughs> with, within the course of things. Um, you know, I really like the ending. I thought that it was very creative once again. I mean, like we saw last week, taking the action out of the ring well into the audience. Um, thought that was a really inspired ending. Raj, what did uh, you think of uh, that, uh, that main event tonight? I thought it was great. I thought it was fantastic. Um, you know, to Matt's point, I hope this isn't another case where, uh, she wins it just to lose it back at the pay-per-view, which has happened twice now. And, uh, you know, because Sasha, I mean, I, she she shows she deserves it. I mean, she is the best female wrestler uh, that they've got. Her and, her and Charlotte both. So um, it'd be good to see her, you know, actually have a successful title defense and, and give her a little run with the belt. But I thought that match was the best one that they've had on the main roster. Uh, you know, better than their Hell in a Cell match. Uh, you know, better than ones they've had on pay-per-view. So I, th I thought it was great. And it felt like a big deal. Like for some reason, yeah. I felt like this title change almost felt like the biggest one that they've had. And I think, you know, Ric Flair coming up had something to do with that, but it just, it almost, it was, I wouldn't say it was unexpected. I, I, I don't think it was predictable or anything, but it could have gone either way. And I, I was a little surprised. So it, it was, uh, it was cool. Well, to Matt's original point, I think the, the potential downside to this is that if Charlotte gets the, the belt back, whether it's next week or even at Roadblock, I think it will start to feel very predictable that this is just going to ping pong back and forth, maybe until, I don't know, a triple threat with Bailey or something to shake it up. Um, you know, I think that's the danger is just that they, they run this into the ground with the two trading the title back and forth. Right. So hopefully that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I agree. <laughs> 
and it's the WWE, so of course that's what's going to happen. Um, but that being said, so uh, let's dive into the episode. And if people want to ask questions, uh, we're going to answer those at the end of the show. Raj, what's the hashtag that they should use in the chat or the comments on wrestling? Uh, just use hashtag WWINK podcast. Cool. And uh, I got some questions for Matt, too. I want to know some behind the scenes wrestling stuff, but we'll wait till the end of the episode to ask those. So get your questions in throughout and we'll be paying attention. So let's start with the top of the show. We opened once again with Chris Jericho and the highlight reel. And uh, I guess let's talk about this this storyline tonight, you know, and how this sort of kicked it off. Uh, They've been teasing this for a while. And tonight we saw, you know, more more so than before teasing the breakup of uh, best friends, Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho. Um, Matt, what do you think about, do you think that it's finally sort of run its course with them being best buds and now it's time to to split them up? Or do you think they're going to keep them back together? I don't think it's time. I think they need to keep it going because it's it gets better every week. I'm more and more entertained by the both of them every single week that goes by. Um, maybe that's my own personal preference. Um, the, do I think that's where they're going? No, I think they're gonna. That's just, just another tease. Yeah, they know that. Unfortunately, I, I could tell they think they need Jericho to be a part of Owens for Owens to be the top dog at the moment. Um, that's a big part of this that people need to remember. Forget storyline, forget anything. As far as him being a champion and being the top guy, Jericho's association with him, Vince will always think it makes him that guy. Unfortunately, he thinks that way. He shouldn't need to think that way because I think Owens could do it on his own, but that's just my opinion on Vince. Raj, your thoughts? Oh. Raj? Hi. Uh, can you hear me now? Yeah, there we go. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was saying uh, the thing with doing the tease over and over is after a while it, start, it stops meaning anything. You know, like when they kept doing it with Dana and Charlotte to the point where it didn't even matter anymore. Um, so unless they're taking it somewhere, I, you know, I'd prefer them to, you know, stop at the teases. But, um, you know, if, the, if Jericho's to remain a heel, which it looks like obviously he is, he's facing Seth Rollins at Roadblock. Um, then I, I think the, the 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 teasing of tension between him and Owens is unnecessary. But uh, besides that, I thought the opening uh, segment was fantastic. I thought, uh, you know, Kevin Owens and Jericho were gold. Roman was, you know, way better than he usually is. And so uh, I thought it was I thought it was a good way to kick off the show. And here's the thing to remember, guys, the fans watching this: heels can tease a breakup a million and nine times in a row, and that's okay to do. Um, the whole goal is to get heat. Um, unless one is a clear cut, is going to come out of this a clear cut baby face. Like this is, we're not talking Shawn Michaels super kicking Marty Jannetty or, or throwing him through the barbershop window here. <laughs> where you know where one was a specific face and one was definitely the heel. We're talking two slime ball heels, comedic heels, um, smarmy heels, where there is no clear cut face between the two. Um, Jericho would be the fan favorite, obviously, between the two if they worked against one another but nowhere near enough for those two to, I don't know. I just think they can tease it over and over where I don't feel like it's stale because they've done it in different ways so far. If they do it every week, I mean, if they start doing it every week, then the inevitable is going to happen. Then we know what's going on, that they will break up um, and whatnot. But I don't know. Heels are allowed to do that. Don't know why. They just are. (laughs) 
I thought it was an interesting split tonight. I mean, uh, we could definitely talk about that as as the match uh, rundown goes on. But I thought it was an interesting split taking Owens and Reigns uh, going into Roadblock and then Jericho and Rollins. I thought that was an interesting way to to split them up. Um, you know, it's just, yeah, not necessarily what I would have predicted where it was going, but at least it'll keep things fresh a little bit. The smartest thing they did, guys, was not let that be the main event. I always believe the Universal title should close the show as the main event. Um, but in this case, they made the right call because, trust me, Roman Reigns going over at the end of Raw would not have done them any favors. <laughs> yeah, and plus it wasn't a title match also. So Yeah, you know, yeah. So, true. I, I, I totally agree. Actually, the way you're... He did a Sorry, great man. job in the promo. I need to say that, by the way, because we don't always hate on Roman Reigns. He did a phenomenal job on the mic tonight. Well, that's the thing about Jericho, especially I think Jericho makes, I mean, Jericho can give anyone chemistry and charisma, you know, because he gives them something great to play mm -hmm. off of. And Jericho and Owens, I thought together with Roman, I mean, it's just, you know, guilt by association, but also Roman, I thought worked very well in their flow. Like I felt like the three of them together. Yeah, I agree. It did make Roman look better. Is his juxtaposition, his, his, his entire body language, he looked confident is what I'm saying. Like, it wasn't just the words, it was how he delivered them. He was very confident. I liked it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and to what you were saying, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. Glad it wasn't the main event because I think if, if the WWE had done what we kind of criticized them for, I mean, like the nightmare scenario for me would have been that's the main event. And then Ric Flair comes out and raises Roman's hand at the end. You know, we didn't have that. Thank God. Um, so, yeah, uh, definite props for them in, in terms of the order in which everything was booked. Um, so Braun Strowman versus R-Truth. Uh, Matt, you got anything? You got anything on that? Nope. <laughs> no. okay. I thought it was pretty well done, though. On yeah. having him basically kill three guys, or looking like he was going to kill three guys, you know. Yeah, and uh, if we're continuing to talk about Sammy after that, uh, yeah, 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 I thought you know I think they this Braun Strowman stuff starting to catch on, and I feel like uh, you know he's starting like this push is starting to work. Like I think people are starting to buy into him a little more. Mm -hmm. So I, th I thought this was good instead of you know him just beating a couple of nobodies. You know, taking out three. I wouldn't say. You know, well, you know, big, bigger names, I guess. Yeah, I like that they mixed it up. That it wasn't just, I mean, a random jobber. I mean, it was our truth and gold dust, kind of, you know, the established <clears throat> establishment jobbers. Um, but I thought Sammy coming out at the end. I, I actually, you know, I know we've been critical before of Mick Foley sort of uh, yelling and over intensity, but I thought that with Sammy tonight. I mean, am I wrong? I thought that really worked with the two of them going at it. Tonight. He one hundred percent stole friggin' Mickey from Rocky's promo. Did you <laughs> not hear any of that? It was one thousand percent, almost word for word, Rocky. <clears throat> Um, Rocky Four. Yeah, when talking about Drago, go back and watch it. I think you mean you mean Rocky Three. Mickey died in Rocky Three. That one <laughs> was that Clever Lang. Yeah, Clever Lang. Yeah, then that's the monster. There you go. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. I I feel like uh, I mean it makes Sammy look a little weak, but at the same time, it it keeps you interested. You wonder where they're going with Sammy. Is he going to go to SmackDown? Uh, is this leading to something with him and Foley? So at least, you know, it, it's it's interesting that way. Mm -hmm. um, and it's getting brought over, so I think all the, you know, it's it's all yeah. uh, all working. Um, one interesting thing, did you guys notice Mick Foley's uh, teeth flying out during that promo? Oh, I thought it was a snot we just couldn't see. Oh. <laughs> it was his, bo his bottom teeth flew out during that segment. Awesome. <laughs> That's how intensely he cares. That's intensity. 
absolutely. Uh, no, you know, I, I enjoyed that aspect of it. I'll be curious to see uh, if they're going to have Sammy and Braun. I mean, do you guys think it's going to be Sammy and Braun at Roadblock? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, I, look, as long as there's a story there. I mean, that's my whole criticism over the way that they book guys like Braun is that just at a certain point, there's no story involved with it. So I think Sammy win or lose as long as it's a good match. I feel like we can be emotionally invested. I think it'd be way better if Sammy so- showed up as a surprise at TLC and is, you yeah. know, like moved to SmackDown and, and, you know, you, you don't, you get him out of this whole Braun thing. Cause I don't see them having, they're not going to let him beat Braun Strowman. So that's, you know, another, uh, another loss. And I think SmackDown could use uh, Sammy Zayn. I mean, they're, they're out of guys at the top. I mean, with uh, Dean Ambrose and AJ and just, you know, wrestling each other with James Ellsworth thrown in there. So they need a couple more guys. Yeah, I mean, but I think I think they do this first. I think they do this first, let it run its conclusion through Roadblock, and then make the move with Sammy. Daniel Bryan gets impressed by Sammy's tenacity, or whatever, you know, and uh, maybe that's how when they do the move to SmackDown. But uh, I agree, we'd be much better served being there from now on. Um, so we went from that to a cruiserweight match uh, tonight. So two hundred five live debuts tomorrow night, but we started with uh, Cedric Alexander versus Tony Nice. Um, I mean, Matt, I know we've discussed this, you know, ad nauseum here, but I mean, are they doing anything to where this is popping for you in the way that they're booking these matches? I know they they put in uh, Alicia Fox into an angle now. I guess her and Cedric are going to have a little storyline. Nah, no. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, Raj, do anything for you tonight? Um, this, you know, I thought like tonight's raw for the most part, um, felt like a throwback to like 10 years ago where pretty much everything kind of felt like it had a purpose and, and it was faster paced, you know, they did the backstage stuff and it was a good mix with the in-ring stuff. This was the one match that felt really like filler. And, uh, you know, I, you need to get the cruiserweight Oak guys over, but, uh, this was the one match I thought that just, uh, uh, it, it just felt like complete like filler and i you know i like tony niece but i feel like there's more money in cedric alexander and and having niece go over just is not the way i would have done it um uh speaking of which so following that was the backstage segment with rollins and jericho so to your point raj absolutely felt like a throwback um matt so this is maybe where we could talk a little bit one i want to get your take on this but two can you give us a sense of what goes into choreographing a segment like that where you're involving doing moves on top of cars slamming people you know into an using an environment like that to your advantage i mean do they manage that they walk through it yeah, but do they manage that down to you know every single microscopic detail of here are the cars that we have in the area? Here's what we do as far as the moves go. Do they do any special rigging to a car if they're doing a move like the pedigree on top of that? Or no, no. The only thing that's rigged every once in a while is a is a uh, sugar glass window once in a blue moon. Gotcha. Um, but uh, I mean, no. You walk through it or talk backstage about it. And say here are the three cars we get to smash up. <laughs> um, you know, take me, throw me, you know, take me, throw me over here, get some steam on me over here for a second. When you charge, I'll move. You run to the door, you know, things like that. You'll talk like just you would as talk about a match. And, yeah. and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like it'd be much better taking the pedigree on top of a car than outside of the ring or, you know, uh, like on the concrete. The only danger, yeah, the only dangerous is when you come down on your knees with it, uh, both guys for that matter, because you don't know how much that roof is going to give or not. Um, and the more it gives, the more you have an opportunity to, to really screw up your knee, tear something. Hopefully they're both wearing pads under their jeans. <laughs> yeah. 
Do they give any notes like "Don't dent the car; it's a rental. We have to return it after." Oh, I've been in I've been in a situation like that. Absolutely, like like we had a TNA. I remember one we couldn't touch, but the other two we could do whatever we wanted. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure there's some uh, production <laughs> assistants pulling a dent out of the roof of that car tonight so they can return it to budget or enterprise or wherever they got it from. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I love that. I love seeing that much backstage action go on. I mean, this is the first time in a long while they've done anything that elaborate backstage, right? Yeah, they did a lot of it with the Cesaro and Sheamus at the bar and uh, yeah, and this. And so, yeah, I thought it was, uh, it was good. Can we and get maybe into that? Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I was gonna say, in fact, maybe tonight, I mean, that's part of the reason why I think tonight's episode felt so different is that they did, you know, production wise, they did a lot of different stuff. But um, yeah, let's, uh, let's jump ahead to that. uh, Since that's, that's uh, kind of relevant here. So Matt, what were your thoughts on that Seamus and uh, Cesaro? All good, except for the close up shots of the random people in that bar that looked so low budget. (laughs) <laughs> incredibly low budget just the zoom ins on the individual people like eh, or or doing whatever that they were doing like cheering or, or or talking smack or whatever it looked horrible so hokey and just the way it was shot did not look wwe worthy yeah well but yeah do you notice that was tessa blanchard uh at the bar with sheamus i don't even care but no <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Tully Blanchard's daughter, Tessa Blanchard, who's been working the indies. She was uh, at the bar. And then a lot of the, you know, obviously you could figure out those were indie guys. Most of them were P- PWX uh, from North Carolina. Um, Has Tessa been signed? She's been on NXT a bunch. I don't know if she signed. Uh, no. Gotcha. She's worked for them a few times, but no. But, um, you know, at least this kept that story going, though. And it, it put some sort of... Uh, 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 what's the right word? I wouldn't say a twist, but it's progressing it. It, it progressed it as opposed to them just doing the same thing every week. And so, yeah. you know, so with that part is good, but I agree with Matt, the, the bar didn't look real at all. And, you know, I think it was probably something in the arena, like an arena bar or something. But, uh, but other than that, you know, it, it did what it was supposed to. So I, I, I like that segment overall. Yeah, I mean, it didn't look like the same show that we see week in and week out. I mean, that's, that's I think, the biggest points that I can give them tonight for diversifying the production that way. Um, but let's talk about part one of this Raw women's title match. So what did you think of that aspect, Matt, of how they, they did the match? Uh, they started to do the match. It was a double count out. And then they just said, nope, nope, we're going to do it over. No DQ, no count outs. This idea of sort of doing it, uh, you know, in parts like that with this sort of fake out first match. Um, I thought it was, I, I didn't have no problem with it whatsoever. It just made their, you know, the Charlotte crowd that much more excited to see that, you know, that match. I thought for me at home, it made me feel that way. Um, also, there was a lot of miscommunication between those two with friggin' Charlotte trying to get her over the damn, uh, what do you call it? The guardrail thing, uh, the barrier. I don't know what the hell went wrong with that. She like, she shoot tossed uh, banks against the wall. Like, she shoot manhandled her on one of those. She legit did that. You could see it. Um, not not out of anger, but out of maybe Sasha forgetting something. I don't know. But there was a mis- miscommunication on that. And later in the match, in the second match as well, which we'll get into with the uh, kendo stick. But for this, I thought it was good for what it was. Do you notice uh, Emma and Summer Rae on Twitter both kind of said, when Mick Foley came out, they were like, just please let it end. Usually don't see that, so that was uh, that was interesting. Although to be fair, Summer Ray did praise the match at the end of the show, but yeah, they kind of ripped it earlier. Summer Ray doesn't have 
she doesn't have the time in the business to rip a friggin' sheet of paper, let alone <laughs> anybody's match. Hey, yeah, her, her biggest burn, I'll bring that up here in a little bit, but that wasn't even the worst one that she tweeted out. <laughs> Tell me what the worst is that she tweeted out. Uh, it's, I think it's the next segment with Lana. She, uh, let me, let me actually read it. Uh, so what did, uh, Enzo Amore say that he, you know, stuff in her turkey, stuff in her turkey, turkey. and, uh, Summer Rae wrote, it's not turkey, it's roast beef and you can't stuff that. That's so corny. That's so corny. That's that's just not corny. I mean, that's, that's actually pretty crude if you think about it. Yeah, it yeah, it's a... it, it is. I can't control her being crude, and she needs a slower roll with WWE and all. But let's talk about her talking smack about girls that can work circles around her. She needs to shut her freaking mouth. If there was no E Channel, darling, you wouldn't even have a freaking job. I wonder though, because WWE retweeted that tweet. Which really? uh, yeah, they they tweeted that one out. So well, doesn't Lana, does Lana still have that rumored backstage nuclear heat I that everyone see, was saying? Almost seems like it. I mean, they don't do that for the people they really like. So they retweeted the Lana tweet. The, the Summer Ray tweet, yeah, yeah. About Lana, Lana, I mean, okay. Yeah. Well, that's not as bad. But but her, her critiquing any girl's match is a freaking <laughs> abortion in of itself. I will say this: not Summer in the ring, but I will say after watching both seasons of Swerved, um, I think Summer Rae has legitimate comedic talent, and maybe not in ring that they're not utilizing her well, but I'm saying that she is one of the better perform, like one of the more genuinely funny, like mainstream level comedy chops of anyone on the roster. And Summer Rae is injured right now. I don't pay to see that when I watch wrestling. I don't give a crap. Mm. She's a great miniature golfer. I don't care. <laughs> We're talking about her critiquing two superior talents. Oh, not- I agree. I like. I agree. I agree. Look, in the ring, she's never been known for anything, right? I mean, I, if someone tweeted us, put in the comments one memorable Summer Ray match that she played an active role in making memorable. Um, I, I don't think there is one, and I've I've watched most of her NXT work, you know, and a lot of her main roster work, and I don't she's recall a single one. Shit's end of story. Yeah. She's actually has, <laughs> I want to move on, but she has had some good matches on, uh, not good, but uh, not bad matches on uh, superstars, but you, no one ever sees those. And by the way, it, it looks like uh, WWE might be dropping superstars. Oh, They're no. just going to full on make it a raw recap show, which it, well, no, they, they take main event before superstars is not airing this week. So uh, I think maybe now with uh, the 205 live, they, you know, they, Feel like they don't need another taping at SmackDown, or maybe the TV contracts are up. But yeah, their superstars looks like it's done. Huh? Interesting. For for the five people out there that watch superstars and main yeah. event each week that aren't Raj, and you know, on a good week, I, I will try and watch them. But it's been a while. Uh, so that being said, uh, and the, by the way, that's the most discussion about Summer Rae's career that's existed in any wrestling podcast, at least in 2016. Um, but let's talk about uh, what came up after that and that was rusev versus enzo uh so i gotta say i mean i would did you are we guys surprised they continued this for another week i mean i thought last week we were saying like oh well thank god this is out of the way now we'll have and yeah, now we'll have rusev versus Big Cass. yeah this was a complete waste of time yeah it didn't do anything this did nothing it made didn't make rusev look good didn't make him look like a heel for cheating and kicking him in the nuts it didn't do anything yeah, what's and what sense does it make to do a rematch when there was a clear and decisive winner the first time? Like, it, it, and so fast, you know, it 
it uh, it makes sense. But I mean, it looks like they're just trying to keep uh, Enzo going to get beaten up a few more times before they move to big cast. So apparently, but, they feel like one beating's not enough to to get this feud going. That is Enzo's character, though, to a T. He is the type of guy that you could kick his ass and he would come back and be like, "No, let's do it again." You know? Yeah, he's that that smack talker that you kick his ass and he keeps, keeps talking smack. Yeah, so I appreciated yeah. that. But uh, look, I like any match that ends with just a clear disqualification, kicking the groin. I mean, you know, that's a comedy classic right there. But uh, and how yeah. it, it, you know how, how is it, uh, they keep doing this with Rusev? But how is he not the babyface in this? You know. <laughs> Like this guy's talking all, you know, smack about his wife and, yeah. and seeing him naked and, and he's defending her honor and, and he's the heel. Because yeah. listen to how over Enzo and Cass were just rattling off Thanksgiving side dishes. I mean, they had the crowd eating out of their hand, you know, no pun intended. Yeah, but from a moral standpoint, you know, he's <laughs> absolute, he's absolutely right. We all know he, the WWE goes by good Christian morals <laughs> in terms of how they book these storylines. Um, okay, so uh, we went from that. Uh, you know, okay, so I want to just talk quickly about this. Like, that was interesting. I mean, the backstage segment with uh, Mark Henry and uh, Titus. So, I mean, is this is this going to be like a main event feud, or do you think they're actually going to set foot in the ring next week? You asking me? Yeah, yeah, either of you. I, this is another one I don't really – no offense to either guy I don't care about. Um, do I think so? Yes. But, um, man, I don't care. Yeah, they're not, they're not doing that to not have it go anywhere. You, you wouldn't think so. Well, I except to plug it, incarnate, you know, out yeah. theaters this Friday. Yeah. <laughs> so the whole angle is that uh, Mark Henry's proud of the scene he did in this movie where he just gets his ass handed to him, and then Titus O'Neil is jealous that he wasn't in that scene. So, you know, like that's, yeah. so it's a weird thing to feud about, but I'm sure they'll have a match on Raw next week or maybe a pre-show at Roadblock. Something, yeah. Yeah, Keep it was short. very, I mean, say this about the WWE. One thing that I love about them is, and I don't know if they were paid for that tonight. I'm sure they were given some promotional consideration for the movie, but they do, they are like just a proud parent if any wrestler does almost anything in other media. That they will they just, yeah. I mean, and I think that's you know to their credit that they're the proud of the guys getting over. But it's amazing that it could be something as simple as like you know a walk-on role in a scene, um, and it's just like they they bill it like Mark Henry starring you know co-star in the new film Incarnate. You know, I like that they uh, really get behind it with that. That always makes yeah. me smile. You know. Um, so after that, we had Rich Swan versus Noam Dar. Um, I mean, that was relatively quick and to the point match, uh, building up with Rich Swan going into uh, his championship match on 205 Live tomorrow night. So we had Brian Kendrick on commentary. So let me ask you this, Matt, not because I know we, I feel like we talked this to death of how they're using the cruiserweights. But what I want to know is, are you tuning into 205 Live tomorrow night? Do you want to see what happens? I will because it's its first episode, you know, so I'll yeah. just see what it's about. Um I'm interested in seeing the match. I, I honestly am. I, I do like Swan's charisma. I think he's got charisma for days. Um, but, uh, I mean, I'm not highly interested. Let's just be honest. But uh, I am enough interested to watch it. I, I like uh, – I, I agree. I think Swan does have charisma. But mm-hmm. at times it borders on the uh, too cheesy to almost be really yeah. annoying. And, like – like when he started this promo after the match, I thought, oh, God, this is so irritating. 
But by the time it got going and he finished great, I thought it was a solid promo by the end. But, you know, his first two minutes or whatever, where you're just kind of looking at Brian Kendrick and be like, oh, there you are. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, thought, I thought that was pretty bad. So, you know, it's you have that charisma kind of rein it in and, and, and tweak it um, and, and not be so corny, but because he, he can definitely be a star. Vince is going to love him if he doesn't already. Vince loves baby faces that smile, um, loves it. And that dude's got a natural smile that he's really having fun with. You could see it, and it's contagious. For me, it is. I look, I, I like watching him because he looks like he's having fun. Yeah, you do, and he, he's got that you kind of root for him just based on that. Like, you could tell he's, uh, he's really enjoying himself. Yeah. I like that they gave Ryan Kendrick some time on commentary. I mean, I feel like they, they haven't really done a good job of showcasing. Well, I know they do that, but what I'm saying is that he's a real character, and I mean yeah. that you read the stories yeah. about him and the behind-the-scenes stuff, and I feel like they, they need to do more to serve him because I think he is one of the most dynamic guys in the Cruiserweights because of that, because he's got this fully-formed character. Character, It's not like Rich Swan where it's like, well, he's really positive and he smiles a lot. I mean, Brian Kendrick is weird and quirky, and I think that they could, you know, not just with his age, but I feel like they could develop that more. So I like that they gave him a little bit of a chance tonight to, to showcase that. I felt like he came across as too much. He didn't come across as much of a heel. I felt like on commentary, mm-hmm. and uh, and Kendrick knows how to do that, so I was kind of surprised by that. Well, some would argue, you know, I mean, in traditional storytelling, the way you know that you make a really compelling bad guy is they don't think of themselves or present themselves as a bad guy, you know. And I kind of like that that it was a little more earnest, but it's not the black and white that we're used to, you know. So I definitely see what you're saying there. Um, so in a minute, we're going to talk about uh, Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens. But first, you know, Mick Foley tonight had a little bit of trouble keeping his teeth in. But aside from that, and, you know, it's a important caveat, he looked fantastic. Why? DDPY. DDPY, DDP Yoga, has changed countless lives. Many of the past and current roster have benefited incredibly from it. Not only Mick, but guys like Jake Roberts, Scott Hall, and Chris Jericho. Gold Dust, oh my God, best shape of his life. Look at him when he was in TNA. Look at him now. What's the difference? DDPY. And if you've been thinking about taking control of your own health and fitness going into the new year, DDPY is having their biggest sale ever. Their Black Friday sale going now past Cyber Monday. And I'm telling you, it's it's fantastic deal. You can get the DDPY DVDs for 25% off plus three months of full access to the DDP Yoga Now app or just access to the DDP Yoga Now app for 25% off. And the cool thing about the app is that you can track more than just DDPY. You can connect it to your Bluetooth heart rate monitor, track your calories and your heart rate in real time, whether you're at the gym, on your DDP Yoga mat, or even while you're out mowing the lawn. All the fitness tracking features, including pain tracking, measurements, progress photos, and more are completely free in this app. And now, for a limited time, you can also save 25% on all DDPY swag. That's t-shirts, hats, mats, heart rate monitors, and autographs. So if you've been on the fence about starting DDPY, this is the best time to get on board. Do it for yourself. Do it for someone you love. Get them DDPY as a gift. Head on over to ddpyoga.com slash wrestling inc. Stop procrastinating. Get started now and save 25% off. When you go to ddpyoga.com slash wrestling inc and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast so roman reigns versus kevin owens uh matt so we talked before about that storyline but what did you think of the match itself and how they handled that tonight um i had no problems with it i liked it you know if this is where they're looking to go um this is how he had to earn his title shot i don't understand what's not i don't know i liked it 
Yeah, definitely built. I thought the match started off with a nice back and forth, but by the end, it was one of those where, I mean, you figured Roma was going to win or else they wouldn't do this with putting that on the line. But I thought the ending was was fantastic. Yeah, I just wonder if they're going with Owens and Reigns right now, you know, what did they got early, you know, during WrestleMania season? You know, what's going to be the the universal title match at WrestleMania? Um Tag team uh, between the four of them will lead hopefully into close to it, close enough to it for them to have their breakup finally. And then whatever route you want to go from there, Owens could very well drop the title to somebody that we don't even expect. You think he drops it to Reigns? <sighs> Only to give it to somebody else, I do. Um, I don't know who that somebody else is. It could be, we're talking like, like you suggested the other week, like Undertaker versus, right? Or is that just a, that's, that's that was that was on the SmackDown, yeah. It was yeah. Undertaker against Cena, but it could be something out of left field like that. I, we don't, I, I don't know. I, I just know that tag team stuff has got to run its course as well as that breakup before Mania, unless that is their Mania match. Yeah, which I don't know. Yeah, it, it's it's just hard to tell where because it seems a little early for them to be doing this. I thought they'd get to <laughs> Reigns and Owens, you know, around the Rumble, so. Uh, they just don't have many other guys ready, so we'll see. You know, maybe they got a, a trick up their sleeve, or who knows? Maybe they somehow go with Goldberg or Lesnar as the the, the title match and have one of them win it. You know, by then from Reigns. Um, we'll, yeah. Uh, so after that, we had okay. This, this segment, I don't know. Uh, so, what did you think of the segment with Paul Heyman? Uh, Raj, I'll ask you first with uh, Heyman tearing up, talking about this, you know, his his uh, his thoughts on uh, Lesnar versus Goldberg. The t- tearing up was a bit much, but uh, but I thought everything else he said makes sense. Like, you know, it made sense. Like it wasn't like uh, something out of left field or unrealistic, you know, saying we took him lightly. It shouldn't have happened. And now Lesnar's motivated. And I, I kind of like that whole aspect of it, you know, and so. I mean, already announcing Goldberg and Lesnar in the Royal Rumble, that, I mean, when was the last time they started off with two big names like that, you know, for the Royal Rumble match? And that's been my big knock on it for like the past like five, six years is it's been so predictable who's going to win. There's like one guy in there that's, you know, likely going to win. So I, so overall, I, I thought it was it, good in, in doing what it, you know, it was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I agree. Nothing that would change with what you just said. Yep. No, I think uh, it, it certainly worked as far as setting up Royal Rumble. I just think it's interesting how Heyman talks about Lesnar. I feel like half the time, you know, he talks about him as his beast, and the other half of the time I feel like it's it's like Chunk talking about sloth and goonies. Like he just treats him as, you know, this freak of nature that he's so endeared to. Um, but, yeah, I thought the, the tearing up was a bit much. But did, so do you think in the Rumble that it's just going to come down to the two of them and that's going to be – I mean, that's that's sort of telegraphing the end of the match? No, I think they'll both do something where they both get shaken out of the ring at the same time because of one another. If fight ensues on the outside, um, it gets separated. People want to see the two go at it, but they don't because guess what? You got to pay to watch it at Mania. Yeah, I could see, uh, you know, like Goldberg's throwing people left and right, and then Lesnar comes in. Uh, they go at it for a minute, they get tied up in the ropes, and then the, whoever comes in next, th- you know, tosses them both out while they're tied up in the ropes or something like that. You know, it's going to be a double. My prediction will be, it'll be, a, it'll be a double, it'll be a clothesline over the top rope where the guy's momentum takes them both over. Yeah. They both stay strong. You know, I think this a lot, but I don't say it out loud very often. Matt, I would watch the hell out of WWE programming that you booked. 
because your ideas <laughs> of predictions for things that happen. And I think this is what you're saying, but like, yeah, that sounds really good. And then part of me is like, but that won't happen though, because that's too good, <laughs> you know? Like, I mean, that would be really compelling. I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping to, I'm knocking on whatever this desk is made out of. Hoping that would happen. Um, or you but, go uh, with you just keep, you know, making Goldberg look like a beast, have Goldberg eliminate Lesnar, and then Lesnar, you know, kind of come back in and toss him, you know, beat him up and throw him over the top. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so I mentioned this to Raj uh, before we got started here. We had the Raw Tag Team title match between Gals and Anderson versus The New Day. I'm thinking about this is just where I'm at with it. I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm gonna barely pay attention and not even get invested in a new day match until Roadblock, until they get past the deadline where they're the longest reigning yeah. champions. There's no point to any match they're involved in. Yeah, Matt, let me ask you about this. Though. The 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 finish of this match, I, I always think it looks so dumb when they're pulling the tights because if you're really pulling them, they're gonna come off. You know, like you're not like holding in place right there. So I just uh, that finish always bugged me. I think it's okay. It's, that's never been explained. I think we we're all just supposed to know this at day one of wrestling school or whenever it comes up in our training, right? And it doesn't come up in our training, by the way. They don't actually teach you this. It comes up like in a match that, say, your promoter books for you. And you're like, all right, dude, how do I do this with you? Or you just figure it out from watching and being a fan. But here's what I've always thought is that if you do kick out while the dude's got your tights, right, you're gonna, your ass is going to come out, right? <laughs> that's what I've always envisioned but i wouldn't care i would kick out anyway not care if my ass came out because i'm about to win the winners i want to win the winner's uh purse of my match you know <laughs> so my ass came out so what i'd still kick out you know what i mean yeah so I, I don't understand the logic in it either because the way it is the trunks are being pulled are never very rarely in the direction of the pin it's always in the direction of if the guy kicks out, his ass is going to come out. Oh, no, so I can't kick out. I'm stuck here. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's, okay, it's the same thing that Vince always cry, used to cry about, how the ropes magically separate the wrestler. After the two have a beef with each other, a guy clotheslines the other guy over the top rope. Then the guy who's got clotheslines like, hey, you, I'm not done with you. I'm going to get you next week. Well, why aren't you getting him right then? Because the ropes are in the way. There's like this unwritten rule. It makes no sense. Yeah. It's one of those yeah. things. Or when you throw someone in the ropes, they just keep running forever. <laughs> yes, the dude actually bounces back. Yes. <laughs> so, so out of the fifteen uh, or so live wrestling events that I've been to, I've only seen it happen once, where I saw more of Baron Corbin than I ever thought I wanted to see. Um, but Matt, how often does that happen that somebody gets pantsed when? Uh, yeah, With that, yeah like you know, a, I mean, like the, the tights or the trunks come down more when you're grabbing another wrestler by them. I've not seen it that much. I'm, I mean. Nothing that sticks out to me, honestly, other than Rick Rude and Ultimate Warrior, right? Was it? Yeah. Um, and I was a little kid. Other than that, I really don't. I don't know. Maybe it has. I just, yeah, I remember Flair used to happen. Rick Flair matches. Yeah. yeah, he does it on purpose, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shane and Shawn Michaels, he would do it back in the day. Uh, uh, but yeah, all, all in all, the match, the match was what it was. New Day is gonna is gonna break the record, or you know, if they lose it, if they they tie it or lose it a day before, more power to the WWE. That would be an interesting turn of events. But I would put twenty bucks that they're they're breaking the record at this point. Um, 
so we talked at the top of the show about Sasha Banks versus Charlotte. I thought that was interesting tonight and potentially what was foreshadowing having Bailey, you know, Sasha being like, I don't even want to deal with you, Bailey. Um, I, I think that, you know, splitting them up will be good because we can get Bailey into this with the triple threat. Um, so, I mean, do you guys agree that, that that's perhaps the, the best case scenario of where this storyline goes? Yeah. Um, yeah, I do. I think it freshens it up a little bit for anybody that's getting stale between the two. See, I'm not bored with the two working each other every week for whatever reason. I'm into it. I just like their work. I think I'm so caught up in their work. The story for once in my life doesn't really, I don't know, doesn't mean as, it doesn't matter to me as much because I know what I'm about to go watch once that bell rings between Sasha and Charlotte, right? But for everybody else that doesn't like it, yes, this is what needs to happen. I'm just I'm just tired of them always going to the the triple threats with the women, you know, <laughs> and then it leads to the singles. I, I I'd like they to do see them the men too. Yeah, I'd like to see them, you know, split it up, and you have Sasha defending her title against someone new. Uh, it's probably going to be Nia Jax, but uh, you know, anyone else would work. And then you have Bailey and Charlotte as the other feud. See, here's the here's the problem they're in. They're setting Nia Jax up to be the doors, you know, the, the big master blaster, uh, you know, eventually. So, I mean, do you, do you, is it smart to have her already be losing? You know, she, she, she already, she got submitted at survivor series, which is ridiculous, but I know <laughs> they're, I know they're thinking, their thinking is the thinking they told me when um, I got eliminated in my survivor series match. And that was my first real experience, right? I was supposed to be a big, big, big giant was I, I ate like an angle, like three ankle slams or something like that. And then got pinned. Um, it didn't matter because it happened in this type of match. It wasn't a singles match. You're undefeated singles. You know what I mean? That is the logic they'll use with 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 Nye, I promise you. Even though we all see it as ridiculous, but I don't think they have a rhyme and reason and excuse for everything where it makes where it makes sense when they're protecting somebody in their own weird world. The rest of us don't pick up on it though. Um, it, again, I just think it's too early for her to be especially to such a diminutive champion. You know, Sasha's awesome. I'm probably a huge fan of hers, but it just, it doesn't match up well as far as Nia Jax losing to her. It just doesn't work yet. Nia needs to still be built and be that end-all, be-all heel that they want her to be. And Charlotte, they need to do something completely different with her if that's the route they take with Nia because they still have Charlotte not, not ever really losing, you know, as well. So they book themselves in a corner with two heels that they don't want to lose. Hmm. Who else yeah, do you have theater? Yeah. I mean, Sasha, who else do you give her? Um, Foxy? I, well, I, I, actually, Emma. Emma. Emma Lucian, there you go. So they build up this new girl to come in just to lose. They've been building it up. I mean, I know I, I don't want to harp on this, but I mean, what's the record? What's the record for teasing somebody's return with these vignettes? I mean, Kurt Hawkins was really a long time on SmackDown, but this has gone on even longer now, before yeah. SummerSlam. Wow. You know? Yeah. Yeah, because I remember we were saying, after SummerSlam, Emma's going to come back. <laughs> like, that was... Okay. And uh, here we are. It's almost December. Wow. Where, where's Emma? You know? Because Emma's even, I think, frustrated. She's been tweeting stuff that I'm just reading as passive aggressive. But I mean, she's been noting, you know, how many times her promos have been on. Um, I don't know. I just, uh, but I think Emma and Sasha, like that's, but you know, more likely though, probably Emma and Dana, maybe because I mean, Dana's just not. Dana is just a piece of furniture at this point, right? I mean, she's just sort of Sasha and Dana. You mean? 
Uh, oh, Sasha and Dana, or I was going to say, or Emma. I mean, just, but maybe Emma will get involved in a story with Dana. I don't know. I don't know who they're going to. Or bring in Mickey James. She looked, she looked great. Yeah. 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 Or the NFC champ. Yeah. Maybe that's part of the thing. Maybe it's just that the, the chasm between Sasha and Charlotte and, and even Bailey, right? And Bailey, this is where Bailey's sort of the odd woman out because you have the three of them on one end of the spectrum and they're just like light years apart from the other women in terms of charisma, in-ring ability. And in SmackDown, I mean, I love Becky Lynch. She's one of my just favorite wrestlers, period. But I feel like SmackDown has a more even level of all-around talent because some of the women are better at you know certain aspects of performance than others. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe that's why SmackDown mixes it up more. Whereas on Raw, it's like, well, yeah. we know who the three stars are, but how do you tell compelling right. storylines in that division? Yeah, I, I think uh, SmackDown, you don't have the standouts that you have on Raw. And the standouts are so, they stand out so much higher that it, yeah. it, it creates these levels. But yeah, I agree. <clears throat> so we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But uh, so we're going to get to your questions. Ask them in the chat. Ask them in the comments. Uh, but sort of final thoughts on the episode, uh, Matt? I liked it. Um, I'd say from top to bottom, it was a good paced out show. Yeah, I thought, uh, again, I thought, um, you know, people say we're too critical, but I thought this week and uh, second week in a row where I thought it was a really strong show. So, uh, you know, again, I'm, I'll say it forever. It would be better. It would be much better if it was two hours. But, you know, for, for three hours, it was, it was it was good. Maybe that's what they'll do with the Superstars time slot is just edit down a one hour version of Raw. And then yeah. just, like, no, the Superstars is gone. Yeah. It's uh just 205 live now. Overseas yeah. guys, they do that. When I'm staying in Italy working there, I caught a Raw episode, and they edit everything. Yeah. So you're, you're like watching, like I want to say like an hour 10 or something like that, or 48 minutes, one of the two. And I remember being like, oh, this is awesome. This is like nonstop action. Right? Like this is the kind of show I want to watch. And it was Raw. Yeah, yeah. That's a, they, do that, they did that on Hulu too for the Hulu version. They edited it down to 90 minutes or whatever, and it was just you know fast pace and all the, all the crap was out. So it was, yeah, it was great. Um, Matt, who do you think is winning the SmackDown championship match at TLC this Sunday? AJ Styles. Yeah. Uh, do, do you think, uh, where do you think they go next? Because Ambrose has been going on forever. Ooh. Who else they got? In, who else they got in mind? Because I'm not watching it as much, obviously, because I'm covering okay. wrong. Ellsworth. <laughs> Ellsworth. Uh, uh, Cena is coming back at the end of December, and Taker, you know, said he he's coming back. Uh, but I think that that would be Royal Rumble. Um, but I guess that that would be their next pay per view after after TLC. Or again, they could bring somebody up. Uh, they they still could play that card. I know it leaves the barn a little bare at NXT, but they've got to start realizing that their main rosters are a little bare, you know, as far as star, star power and getting people in, in the positions that they need to be in to be successful, to make their show more successful. Yeah. And speaking of guys that have been feuding forever, the Miz against Dolph Ziggler at TLC for the Intercontinental title. Um, who do I got for that? Yeah. Uh, Miz. Yeah. Miz. What do you think, Glenn? Um, yeah, I think the Miz. I think he's he's on a roll with it. And I think Ziggler, unless they give him some incredible stakes, it's just not going to be nearly as interesting as watching the Miz, you know, continue what, what he's been so good at doing and just being this monster heel. Yeah. Someone's asking who 
we think will be the headliner for the WWE Hall of Fame in 2017. They're in Orlando. So, um, Matt, your thoughts? Oh, boy. That's a tough one because everyone's been getting in. Um, who else is still out there? The Rock. That's my guess. Oh, yeah, that's that'd be good. He can go in whenever, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, but, or, you know, Florida's kind of his hometown, you know. Miami. Um, who else? We're missing somebody else. Hey, you, got, you got Taker. Uh, DDP is not in yet, is he? Yeah, but I don't see DDP as a headliner. Yeah, but good. I mean, like, he's He'll go in, but not second exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. As far as headliners, it's like, uh, you know, uh, a Taker, Goldberg, Rock. And then once we go down a couple oh, more years, yeah, then you Goldberg. got your Cena's and, you know, the guys like that. But it's, it's Goldberg. Yeah. That's the headliner. Even though he's working, it will be Goldberg. All right. Have they done that before? Had the headliner be working like in a could have sworn it was uh Sean, right? Wasn't it uh, Sean versus Flair that one year? No, I, I think it was Flair, like Flair oh, went to the Hall of Fame, and then so there's yeah. precedent for that. Did re- but he, he did his retirement match the next night. It yeah. sounds like Goldberg, they might keep him around. So I kind of feel like putting him in the Hall of Fame would be a little premature if he's gonna do more matches after <laughs> okay. Mania. No, he's done after Mania, he'll make an appearance <laughs> once in a blue moon, but not no way. Yeah, uh, he, he physically can't. So Matt, you mentioned this earlier in terms of Charlotte and talking about how physically demanding some of those moves are. For for us that you know don't, they just are watching at home. What are some of the moves that are most physically demanding for a performer in the ring, and what are some of the easy moves that don't take a lot of exertion or effort? It, it, it also depends on where you're at in the match and how exhausted yeah. you are as well. That's a big part of it. Anytime you're picking anybody up, and um, the opponent's bigger than you or as big as you, and you're doing simple things from slipping them behind you for them to do an offensive move to you, even slamming them, anything. Um, everybody's working with an injury, you need to remember, too. Your back's sore, you know, your knees are killing you, your neck, and that's not guys, that's girls, too. And uh, so just there's not one move I'd say that really I have always thought that hurt more than the other. Um, chops sting like hell, that's about it. They're more annoying than anything else. Um, but not something that you're actually like oh really selling it with you know is there uh, one that's like deceptively easy or just a huge pain in the ass that no one would guess i'm sure i'll think about it later uh and pick up one but uh <laughs> like 10 hours after this but it'll pop in my head yeah uh, are there so moves like, that you're, you're just like i'm not going to take that because especially your size because you, you hear about like you know bret hart never wanted to take the the razor's edge and and you know certain guys didn't want to take uh Actually, there were quite, I think, quite a couple of guys that didn't want to take the razor's edge. I mean, if Scott wasn't so damn good, that's mm-hmm. it. That's the thing. Scott is so good. Um, I'd trust him with that, actually. I really would. Now, nobody else I would. I remember I had to take water toss from freaking, uh, what's his name? Hernandez. Uh, Hernandez. And I tried telling him, I'm too tall for you to pack in like a, like a, like a power bomb and flip me up onto your shoulders. I'm too tall and big. And we once tried it, go back and watch it on YouTube, it was completely effed up. So from that moment on, if I had to take it, I'd always set myself up on the top rope and let him come and do it from that angle. Yeah, let's see here. Um, yep. Sorry, go ahead. Choke slams, anytime somebody eats a choke slam, guys, it is not a fun time. It always knocks your wind out, no matter who gives it to you. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you guys see Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt winning the tag titles at TLC? I know you haven't been following SmackDown too much, but I, yeah. Yes. 
I do. Absolutely, because the two guys they got it on right now, it's a joke. Yeah, they they need they need that, I feel like. I mean, I think Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt, and then you have American Alpha feud with them. And, oh. you know, right now American Alpha is just, you know, they're, they're just drowning because they got, like, no top tag teams to work with and it just brings them down. It would be – that would be – I would watch Tuesday night uh, – every time SmackDown – sorry, every time SmackDown's on, I will watch if that feud happens. Yeah. For the titles, those four guys. Hell yeah. So in the chat, uh, Samar is asking, uh, who, uh, Matt, you first, who are your NXT picks to enter the Royal Rumble? Ooh. Do we know a number, a certain number of them that will be able to do it or just no? Um, you like, part of me doesn't want it to be Joe and the big stars because they deserve a big entrance, a big to-do, not just a random friggin' two-minute come out and shine, hit all your, get all your crap in. But then, by proxy, it worked out for AJ, kind of, didn't it? But, um, but AJ knew it never went to NXT. Oh, yeah. There was a big surprise behind it, of course. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Yeah. But, sorry. yeah, in the past, they've done, like, Sami Zayn and Rusev. Like, not the top, top guys. Yes. That's who it'll come. Yes. So, so like, a Ty Dillinger or someone like that. Yeah. Yep. Not, hopefully not Bobby. Yeah. You know, hopefully they give something bigger for Bobby. But, uh, yeah, Ty Dillinger level guy. Uh, those What's the tag? Uh, the Revival? Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe, yeah, but those are two guys. Um, who's the other tag team that was that's an NXT that that that, uh, that used to be a tag team but broke up? Uh, they're still there. One guy got long hair, long blonde hair. Oh, Blake and Murphy. Blake and Murphy, are they still tagging? I don't know. Uh, I could yeah, see I someone like that. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Blake and Murphy know if they're still yeah, tagging or not. That's how far down the pecking <laughs> order they've become. But uh, yeah, I, I think uh, that'd be interesting. The revival, you know, I think they could do Bobby Roode just for the entrance. Just for I, I think you want to stuff. save that for his. Yeah, you don't think they'll do a mini version of that? Personally, I, I hope not. not. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, but I, I think, think it's music. Not from where rude. It's we'll it's it just oh, it's yeah, such a big huge. deal that you want to do it when yeah. they're not going to be thrown out in a couple minutes. You know. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it's all got to be about them. It can't be about them and twenty nine other guys. Yeah, yeah. When they make their debuts, I'm saying to give them. Yeah, that I mean, big. surprise is good as long as you know there's some good surprises. I think that's the reason. It just please not Shaq again, like at WrestleMania. And Shaq uh, is wrestling at WrestleMania. He's facing Big Show. Yep. All right. Someone's well, asking if Kurt Angle will return at the Royal Rumble. Who knows? I would I'd like to see that. I would like to see that. I would too. They've they've always been weird with Kurt Angle. He's like Macho Man. You know, like uh, they've had they've had. Their opportunity to sign him forever, but uh, you know, who knows? Yeah, I think uh, I, I could see some surprises um, at the Rumble. I was thinking about like Bob Backlund is still traveling with them. I saw that posted this week. Like I could see something crazy like that. Like have Backlund enter. Help bring uh, McMahon yeah. back as an on-screen. Bring Vince back as an on-screen character. Have him no, they won't enter do that. the Rumble. They won't but, do hey, that. I you just know, hope he, it's not like Michael Hayes. It's not like you said about Backlund. Those are wastes. So <laughs> yeah, it's a waste. Like last year, you had you had what AJ, which was awesome. Uh, uh, was that the same year as Bubba Ray? No, no, Sami Zayn. Uh, they did Sami Zayn, I think, last year too. Um, but yeah, I think uh, you don't want to waste a spot on. No, no offense to Bob Backlund, but that would be right. The man yeah. is a legend, Raj. <laughs> yeah. So is. Uh, uh, so Steve Lombardi, 
Yeah, says the Godfather. Uh, is Marty Jannetty in the Hall of Fame yet? You know, that, no. that needs to happen. Um, uh, Cal in the chat was saying, do you think Shelton Benjamin's injury, uh, when that's healed, they'll come to WWE? And is there a, a time on it? I could see Shelton Benjamin being like a Rumble entrant if he was cleared. You know what? That opens up all those guys then. Yeah, so Chris Masters or Carlito or Shelton Benjamin. Um, I know there's rumors that they're very close to signing them when they were doing the brand split um, for the reason the guys weren't signed. Maybe this gives them that opportunity to come in and show what they can do. Um, TNA, the turmoil they're in, is there anybody that's about to be up with their contract with them that would be free to be able to go do that? I don't know. Um, and, and, yeah. And you heard the news about TNA today. Uh, Anthem yeah. sent us a press release saying that their <clears throat> legal battle with Billy Corgan's done. Uh, they've come to terms on a settlement. So uh, TNA is, you know, under Anthem. Billy Corgan's out. And uh, that's that. Okay. <laughs> what does that mean? So that means uh, they're going to be taping like three times a year. Uh, so I wouldn't be expecting, you know, all these big talent signings for TNA. You know what I mean? But, uh, but yeah, I think that's uh, there's a bunch of other booking related questions, but we can, we can do some of those for next time. Cool, guys. Well, uh, Raj and I are going to be back this Wednesday at 12 noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific to talk about tomorrow night's SmackDown Live. And then coming up this Sunday, immediately uh, after it ends, we're going to all three of us be back here to discuss tables, ladders, and chairs on the WWE Network and everything that went down there. So uh, join us here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast immediately after the conclusion of that on the live broadcast. Raj and I will see you back here on Wednesday. Matt, anything you want to plug before we take this home? Anything I want to plug? Nope. Just hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. You guys already know my address at BP Matt Morgan. Cool. Raj, any stories people should look out for this week on the site? Uh, hopefully it should be, I think it'll be picking up. We've got two pay-per-views coming up and two pay-per-views in the next three weeks. So I'm sure it'll be busy. Raj, when are you going to run the, when are you going to run the report that uh, Matt Morgan's uh, coming back to the rumble? I haven't that's what, that's what, uh, recording right now. Oh crap. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Remember when I do this, we're done. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Well, <laughs> hey, you know, I've been saying it for a while now. If the Spirit Squad can come back and, and get back on the pop, Matt, I think <laughs> they, they, they could do a lot worse than bringing you back, man. I, I think a lot of people would like to see it. A lot of people are requesting it in the, the comment section. <clears throat> just WWE Creative, just for the Rumble. He can fit that into his schedule. It's on a weekend. He doesn't have to work. It'll all be good. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Cool, cool, everyone. So uh, we'll see you back here next time on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. And until next time, take care.